You're listening to Megiddo Radio. Megiddo Radio is a radio ministry of Megiddo Media. For more, visit our website at megiddoradio.com. That's megiddoradio.com. Good evening welcome everybody. This is Paul Flynn with Megiddo Radio for Tuesday the 9th of June 2020. Thank you all for tuning in on tonight's program, Back After a Week Off. I'm going to be looking at, sadly, topics that I was hoping I wouldn't have to cover, and I was hoping that this subject would kind of blow over because uh, there's certain topics I'd prefer not to cover, to be honest, and um, yeah... I said last week I was I was going to do a program on something unrelated to Black Lives Matter or racism or whatever else. Uh, to be honest, I was fully intending on completely ignoring this issue. And I just said, okay, this is just, you know, it's an eruption. This is just something kind of going on because of the lockdown and all that kind of thing. And then, you know, as time went on, okay, this is not blowing over and this is, um, <laughs> this is kind of international. And there's even people in my neck of the woods protesting about something that happened in the United States. Now, right off the bat, tragic death and that took place. Um, And, you know, saw the video and all that. Obviously, it's horrible. Um, I'm going to try as much as possible not to get into the details of the case. The, the, the police officer in question has been arrested. He's most likely going to get, I don't know, was it second or third degree murder? That sounds about what you'd expect for something like that. Um, because it seems like it's going to be very, very hard to prove intent and all that kind of thing. And um, tragic case of an image bearer of God. Somebody who's been created an image of God, be unjustly killed. And sadly, things like this happen all around the world. And uh, sa sadly, th these things happen every year. There's a n number of cases every year. And you think for a population of 330 million that's in the United States is going to be a number and there's usually a couple of tragic cases, and they're not all against a person of a certain skin color. This happens to people of various different backgrounds and things like that, but we'll get into that later on. Um, I kind of want to just focus in on certain issues, on certain things. Um, again, I was hoping that, I was honestly thinking, <laughs> I'll just leave this to the guys. Um, there's 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 two hosts on a very good podcast called the Just Thinking Podcast. I think that's the name of it. Um, I I used to listen to them a lot before, but I just seemed to get out of the habit of listening to them. And they did a very good podcast to listen to today. Daryl Harrison is one of the hosts. Virgil, his second name escapes me now, but um, very good podcast. I'd recommend you listening. You'd listen to that. And I was just, you know, <laughs> leave that to the leave that to the Americans. They'll answer much better than I can, and they understand much more of what's going on over there in their context. I think what's kind of prompted me. I live in Northern Ireland, and I'm just kind of like, 
what's the obsession of what's going on in the United States? There's protests going on in Belfast, which is about well, 30, 40 minutes drive away from here. Protests going on in London. Um, okay, tragic case. Don't want to take that away from... But what's with the international... And they're not protests. They're, they're riots. They're filled with Antifa goons and all this kind of thing. So, and, and then I saw Christians with the hashtag Black Lives Matter. And then I'm like, oh, okay. This needs to be discussed because now we're being used and misled and everything else. And we're... We don't want to be part of supporting any group that is sinful and wrong. So it's gone international. Again, this is a topic I was hoping to stay away from because I think largely, look, you guys in the United States, obviously you know it far better than I do. You live there and you see it far more, okay? I'm going to present some t statistics later on from various studies and things like that. But, but at the same time, for the benefit of people outside of the United States, I've been blown away by this Black Lives Matter movement. I'm talking about the organization this, that has gone all over the world, which is basically, a, it's, it's an attempt at a communist revolution in multiple different countries. And now, the oppressed is based on race. Okay. With all that to say, let's do our devotion. We're going to look into Psalm 20 before we get into all the other stuff. So that's the reason I, I don't particularly want to cover this, if I'm being honest. And um, But I did see more and more people. I, I First of all, I was like, why are people... Okay, I know it's a tragedy. I know it's horrible. And... But why? Why people in the UK and everything else are talking about going and stuff that... But anyway, here we are, and it's an international thing now, and I I think there are other issues that are huge and system systemic in other countries that should be brought to our attention that we should be speaking out about, such as the Boer murders in white South African... Um, you know, white South Africans, which are a minority within South Africa, being systematically slaughtered upon their land. I would like that to be highlighted, um, but you can't have everything highlighted. Let's continue. So, Psalm 20. Psalm 20, we've been going through this altar and encouraging you in this time of COVID-19, of lockdown. Remember COVID-19? <laughs> has everybody forgotten about COVID-19? You know, like, yeah, we're still, yeah. COVID-19, that was a thing once. Um, so during lockdown and during this whole period, and I'm probably um, on very good advice that people give me, and uh, I, I, looks like we're going to keep going with going through the Psalter, and hopefully it's, it'll be an encouragement to you. Who knows where the next thing is coming from? We don't know, but we need to trust in the Lord God. Let us pray before we go into Psalm 20. Heavenly Father, we, we pray for all those listening. We pray for your blessing and mercy upon us. And 
Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for our many sins and our many faults this very day. Lord, may we use this time to draw ever closer to you. Lord, help us when we look later on at the issues we're about to look at, that we would do so in a way pleasing before you. And Lord, that we would look at these things based upon your word, not upon the way the world would want us to look at it. Father, we pray for your protection as the psalmist writes in Psalm 20. Bless us, Lord, as we hear your word and draw us ever closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 20 reads this, and this is God's holy and infallible word. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice, Selah. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. May I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. and May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So, um, this is very much a psalm dealing with looking for the Lord's assurance, the Lord's protection in these first few verses. May the Lord answer, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. And we certainly are facing these days of trouble more and more people who live in big cities, Los Angeles, New York, London. I saw frightening images of London there recently uh, police running away from hordes of people with masks i don't know if that had anything to do with covid 19 i think it just to do with anti-fan they were throwing things we live in a scary time we live in a scary time especially if you're living in a city right now uh, i praise god that where i'm living it's very very peaceful may the name of the lord God of Jacob defend you. So that the, we should be more and more in the word these days and on our knees and meditating more and more upon the word of God so that when the day of trouble comes, where we've got that calm assurance that comes from the spirit of God, allow me singe you help from the sanctuary and the, the strength out of Zion and remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifices. Almost in a sense, may the Lord delight in you and take pleasure in you. And here's the thing, right? And all this because of Christ, of course. How much harm, how many plots were there against Paul the Apostle? Yet God always provided a way to escape. When we look at the, the attempt of Pharaoh to wipe out the male children at the book started the book of Exodus. What did it do? It forced Moses' mother to have to hide him. 
And through that whole thing, he ends up being brought in, we know, being brought into Pharaoh's household and educated in such a way that would lend him later on to being used by God to being Israel's deliverer out of the house of bondage, out of the out of Egypt. So the the works of the enemy end up serving God's purposes. We need to remember that. We need to remember all these times, no matter what the enemy is doing. Of course, we need to point out us as Christians, we must not support it. But we must remember. Don't know what the groups are, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, whatever communist group under whatever moniker that it may be, God is the one who's in control. The almighty Pharaoh couldn't stop a deliverer coming to bring out God's people. They were in Goshen. They were being oppressed properly oppressed, and they were treated really, really harshly. And God delivered them. Not through violent revolution, but they called upon the Lord, and then the Lord remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. That's what we got to remember in these days, in these days of trouble. May he grant you according to your heart's desire. And that's not some carnal, whatever you want kind of thing, but that our heart's desire is according to the will of God because our hearts have been regenerated and fulfill all your purpose. He will rejoice. We will rejoice in your salvation. In the name of the Lord, we'll set up our banners. And that's how ultimately we have victory by setting up those banners that the presence of the Lord is there to bring victory. May the Lord fulfill all all your petitions. And if we're one of his anointed, one of those in Jesus Christ, one of those in union with Christ, now I know the Lord saves his anointed. We need to keep reminding yourselves again and again and again, whatever's happening, the Lord saves his anointed. It's not that we won't go through difficult times. It's not that we won't go through pain and suffering, but God is in control. Our lives may end tomorrow, they may end tonight, but that is in the hands of an almighty and sovereign God. And if you're in Christ Jesus, he loves you in a, set, in a well-pleasing sense. He delights in you like a father delights in his child because of Christ and the work of Christ, the life of Christ and justice fully satisfied in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Verses 7 and 8 says this, or just verse 7 we'll look at. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. There is nothing to say that what the structure of the world as we've had it for the last couple of hundred years is going to continue. And we don't know. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. We don't know. We, want, we don't want to maybe making doomsday predictions or anything else like that. It's not helpful. But maybe nations come and go. 
empires come and fall and crumble. Our trust cannot be in the strength, my, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ in the United States, your, your confidence can't be in the strength of the military of the United States. I think it's been largely a positive influence in the world, by the way. I'm not anti-US at all. But you can't, your confidence can't be in, some put trust in chariots and some in horses. It can't be in that. Same for here in Britain. We can't, oh, look how powerful and strong we are. Nobody can touch us. What happens when we've become, I'm just picking America and Britain, how ungodly we've become in these two countries. And we have turned our backs on God. What is to say that God won't weaken our defenses in order that not only will our outside enemies have be able to attack us more, whatever the case may be, but also within. Again, the Lord is in control of all these things. And there's purpose, there's a purpose. There's a good, righteous, just, and holy purpose for all these things, as there was a good, righteous, and just purpose for sending Joseph into Egypt. It was a wicked act by Joseph's brothers. Sold, was sold into slavery, but God meant it for good. He sent Joseph in there to save people alive. Let's keep all of these things in perspective. Save, save, Lord. May the king answer us when we call him. May the Lord answer us when we call upon him. We need to be in prayer now. Daily, especially as we deal with such cases as this. And with that said, hopefully that was an encouragement to you and um, welcome everybody who's listening. And I'd ask that you pray even during the program because I, this is, it is such a, a major issue. And in the sense of, we've got to make sure that in something that is so volatile, that we are biblical, that we are anchored and staying close to the truth, that we're not drifting away, either depending too much on politics, on Trump, or, or Boris Johnson, the prime minister over here, or... You know, Brazil, they've got um, that very, he seems to be, um, names escape me, starts with a B, you know, very much about free markets and all like, yeah, we're going to, our hope can't be in that, and you know, to, that we have some guy who's going to, I don't know, be a hammer in search of a nail to rob uh, Ben Shapiro's, you know, description of Trump. That can't be our solution, biblically. And obviously, we've got to be aware of the dangers, the, the sinful dangers of going along with sinful political movements. Now, you might say sometimes when things come up, that I don't know how to respond. And that's okay. Something's happened. It's much better 
If something happened, everybody's commenting on it. Everybody wants your opinion. Everyone wants you to respond. If you don't know what to say, say nothing. Say nothing. The world would be much better off if we would take our time and be careful and not try to be the first, but try to be accurate as much as possible. And most of most important, faithful to scripture, truthful. And things have gotten worse and worse. I've gone over and over in my head, will I respond to this or anything? And I think when I saw the riots in, forget the term protest, oh, I'm sure some people were genuinely protesting there. But when you, last time I checked, it was 27 injured police officers in London. And yet the BBC called it a largely peaceful protest. Look. Let's call a riot a riot. And obviously there was some co kind of coordination. This isn't like just some, hey, well... In multiple cities, catching the police ill-equipped. There were images of police officers running away, running away from the rioters on Sunday in London. We have got to... The minimum... You don't have to have an opinion on this. You don't. But everybody seems to have an opinion on it and wants to badmouth the police all over the place. Here's the thing. We, as Christians, ought to have a high opinion of all the law of God, and a part of that law of God is the fifth commandment. We should show respect for those in authority over us. We should show respect for the police. It is an ungodly, vile, disgusting thing when we want to overthrow that or pass it off. That's anarchy. That's do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. That's satanic. So we can't go in that direction. And I fear that some may be drifting towards that. We may not agree with some policies. That's always going to be the way, this side of eternity. And there may be things that are unjust and things like that. But we must show respect for the authorities that are placed there. So these riots are not just taking place in across the United States, sadly in the United States. And we need prayers. I don't know, is it in Los Angeles? New York? I, I, I honestly haven't been keeping up. And when I saw it in London... I don't know if, I don't think there's been really any kind of incidences in in Belfast, um, which is, for those of you not aware, the capital of Northern Ireland. And there was a great quote that I saw on the Just Thinking podcast. Those two guys, Virgil and Daryl Harrison, Virgil, in the off chance you're listening, forgive me, I forget your second name, but 
Um, I know he's from Omaha. Those guys have been dealing with social justice for a long time, and I think they're bored of dealing with it, and they'd far, they'd far rather cover something else. And they've done it in a really good way for a very long time, so it points you towards it. But I'll just give a quote from Daryl Harrison, who said this, The world doesn't want justice. It wants vengeance. Let's repeat that one more time. The world doesn't want justice, it wants vengeance. I think that hit a nail on the head. Is this to do with racism? I absolutely despise racism. I haven't come, when I was growing up, we never came across much examples of racism, honestly. There was, I suppose, everybody's of the same skin color in Cork City. I'm not from Cork City, but I'm from near Cork City and from the south of Ireland. Never saw many examples of racism. I was involved in a metal community in around that city. One weird story one time years ago, and I can't remember the, the name of the venue or anything like that. The only time I came across something was... There was a black metal band and there was some birthday party. And I remember being annoyed that I didn't speak up that time. I should have. Um, or done something about it. I don't know what I could have done about it. But there was a birthday party and the band party were Nazis. <laughs> who, knew they, who knew they existed? And um, they had a birthday cake in the, in the shape of a swastika. Still etched in my mind. Um, this is before I was a Christian. And I was disgusted, and I was enraged that we played there. Um, I, and I'll be honest, I can't even remember the band I was with at the time. I just, rem maybe I do. But the band I was with weren't at all. But it is some areas in metal, being a former metalhead, um, it's tolerated in there. I have seen examples of it, is my point. Um, but it is not mainstream. It is fringe. And even in the circles I came across, it was highly unpopular. I just want to know, where are the people who are saying that it's okay? First of all, you know, it's like, yeah, racism against black or any group for that matter is disgusting and wrong. I'm just wondering, where are the people who say otherwise? I have done one or two programs on stuff like that. If you want to be specific, great. But to just kind of go, it's everywhere. Not helpful. Let's point out specific examples. Let's deal with it. If there's a law, some change, that some might discriminate against it. Great, let's talk about that specific law. No, no, no. We can't fix the system. The, the place is just too ingrained. Remember what you do with the law. We got to tear it down. Okay, now you're talking like a communist, okay? And, and you want to burn the whole world to the ground. That's not, it's not biblical. It's not loving. It's, um, it's, 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 it's insanity, okay? And I urge you, if you're thinking like this, to stop, okay? Um, again, specific examples. You can't just broad brush.
Let's get rid of everything in a kind of a reactionary sense. And I fear because of our social media age in which we live, we are reactionaries. We, we feel like we need to respond to something that day, there, and then. We don't. We shouldn't. If you don't know what you're talking about, don't comment on it. Say nothing. Turn off Facebook, turn off Twitter, and run away from it. I was saddened by the death of this George Floyd for one reason and one reason only. As much as I'm saddened by the deaths of South African farmers on their land, as much as I was saddened about, there was a case, I think it was in Minnesota, there was a, a lady in her 20s, white woman, by the way, not that it really matters, she was an image bearer of God, killed by a police officer. And there's other people as well. I go on, it saddens me. All Every single one of those cases saddens me because they're all image bearers of God, not because of the amount of melanin in their skin. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 should be the reason for our sadness and our grief when we hear about somebody unjustly being killed. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing the creeps on the earth. So the so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Every single person comes from Adam. The first two human beings on the face of the earth, Adam and Eve. And they had children. And as time went on, obviously there's some variations. Some people now today obviously have very dark skin. Some people have fair skin, you know, and every in between, okay? I almost, who cares? <laughs> We're all, the only thing that matters is if you're in Adam or in Christ. And it wasn't that long ago. We're talking about a couple of thousand years ago. When we go back to a common ancestor. Every single one of our lives, because we've been created in the image of God, the babies in the womb, those black babies in the womb, murdered by Planned Parenthood, matter. As well, by the way. I am urging people not to replace a, either a, an actual or perceived racism with another racism, a PC woke racism, which I see sadly. Look, and I may make you feel better to claim the sins of something you haven't probably done yourself or the sins of your fathers and all this. And if you think, no, who talks about this? Two years ago, I did a program on Tabidi Anabule. Never heard of him before. But then he wanted 
white people to accept the responsibility. If I could get the quote up actually here. To accept the responsibility for the death of Martin Luther King Jr. This is the first time, this uh, 2018, where any of this stuff came out. I was like, who believes this stuff? And it turns out that some people do. I want to make sure I'm quoting him properly. I'm just going to scan through. Okay, here's the thing. Tabidi Anabula said this in a, in, a, in a blog post two years ago in April, around April, March, 2018. And, he, and the, the blog was called, We Wait Repentance for Assassination of Dr. King. He said this, My white neighbors and Christian brethren can start by at least saying their parents and grandparents and this country are complicit in murdering a man who only preached love and justice. So there's that. Why? Because they've got white skin. And does it just stop with Americans? What would people have just immigrated? I, it's so absurd. It's so illogical. Why? Because of the color of their skin. What? What groups them together? Racism is sin at its core, and it is a, a lack of love and indeed hatred for an image bearer of Almighty God. And I don't want to patronize you or treat you any different because you have a different skin color or whatever. I don't care. Why does this stuff matter to people? I get deeply upset about it because of my, why? One thing that drives me crazy, and has for years, that we patronize certain groups and treat them like they, well, well, you know, they can't get IDs, you know, those in New York, mm, you know, that's racist. Why? Why can't they get IDs? This kind of patronizing, usually from white people, who want to make themselves feel better. It's like, oh, isn't that terrible? You're so oppressed. And they're probably going, what are you talking about? It's astonishing in a country that not too long ago in the United States, we'll talk about the United States now, that elected a black president twice. What was that? 2008, 2012. All of a sudden, <laughs> it's quite a coincidence, isn't it? All of a sudden, and I'm no fan of Trump, by the way, before people bring that up, but is he better than Hillary? Sure, okay, but that's not much of a great thing. But, um, or Joe Biden for that matter. Okay, grand. But is it all of a sudden now racist? Which is it? We should be ex we should be saddened by the death of an image bearer of God, but are we equally as sad about someone from an Asian background or from whatever background, an image bearer of God? That's why the death penalty was introduced in Genesis nine six. It says. 
Whoever shed man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed for the image of God. He made man. Now, before we can kind of go towards that and say, oh, yes, we should have death penalty for you know, the police officer, but you have to prove intent. I do believe he should be punished, absolutely, but you let's leave the courts to do that and to look at intent. We can't get inside the man's head. I'm not aware, is there any actual evidence that his intent was racism. There's nothing about that, from what I can see. Maybe somebody can post in the comments. Maybe I'm ignorant of something. Where is the evidence? Somebody sees a white police officer and, and somebody unjustly killed. Who's black. Therefore, it must be racism. Actually, with it was like a day or two later, there was a video going around. I'm sure you could dig it up if you wanted to find it, of a black police officer choking out a another young guy. He looked like he was in his late teens. Who was also black. Nothing said about that. Now, both incidences were horrible. <sighs> You've also got to realize as well, this is not the time to be kind of getting all the clips and say, oh, look how bad the police are. Report it. Let, hopefully, in all this. The danger is this. You see, a lot of the police right now are working overtime, I, I imagine, and I've heard of that they are working 12 hours a day, seven days a week in some parts of the world. They are exhausted. under-equipped. And let's face it, what happens when they get so... and they kind of go, oh, forget this. This is a horrible job. Why am I doing this? And I dare say a lot of people are going to not want to join the police. And societies around the world are going to suffer for it. So be, you know, careful what we wish for. I was talking about PC woke racism. This is also a dangerous thing that we can do. Just because we have a kind of an, a racism of low expectations, we expect something less from one group purely because of what they're oppressed and what's oppressing them. What's stopping them from going on, working hard? So you can't make these arguments. I mean, all sorts of groups were held down. Um, you know, the Japanese in the United States, but look how well they perform. Or Asians now, you know, like they, this is in the United States, I'm going with these statistics. Generally, very hardworking and... People from who have met, like from South Korea and other countries like that, do very well academically and do very well in business. And um, so this <laughs> this narrative isn't really for them. But there have been times when various of these groups have been 
not treated so well. You can go back to the history of any group. It doesn't matter what race they are and f skin color or whatever. And you can find people who've done bad stuff. We have fallen in Adam. That's why. But I find it sad when there's a kind of a patronizing of certain groups that, well, you know what, they've been, that they don't expect any, they don't expect the same moral standard from them as they do from anybody else. If you go through the, the history of a lot of these people that are being held up by Black Lives Matter and some of these people, have they got such a great background that they should be eulogized? I'd leave that to you to study. But why? Based on what? I would suggest look at their criminal backgrounds. Nothing to do with the skin color. I don't want to patronize them saying, well, just because of... If you trap somebody in a feeling of that they're in this kind of a, a victim status and they're in, they're being held down and there's no way of getting out of it, what do you expect it's going to happen? It doesn't matter where it happens, whether it happens here on this island, for years, I mean, pumped into certain families on this island, and still kind of happens to varying degrees, that being oppressed by the British, whether true or not, it's kind of a moot point at this point, but I think a lot of it's over-exaggerated and there's nothing that prevents you from doing well and working hard and all this kind of stuff. But if it's pumped into your head, here is the source of all your pain. Here's the source of all your problems. There it is. It happens with Hamas and their children, and they, they teach that the Jews are stealing their stuff or whatever else it may be. So when they grow up, of course, they have a deep-seated hatred. I would fear... I would hate if anybody in the West was doing that and saying, oh, we're being treated like second-class citizens because of... Are there going to be times when you're a child that people are going to speak nasty to you, call you names? Yes, and that happens to people of every single background. Whether you've got different skin color or not. Everyone probably has got a, a tough background. You know, maybe if they grew up in a, in a poor background, they worked their way up. But don't equate that with systemic racism. There's going to be sin. Let's just think of this. Sin is there in society. Why? Because we've fallen in Adam. Are we thinking, oh, we need to change this law? No, no, we've fallen in Adam. I am a sinner. You are a sinner. There's a kind of a self-righteousness that we kind of go, you know, well, I haven't done what my great-great-grandparents have done, and 
you know, they're, they're pulling down the statues and all this kind of stuff. Oh, you know, we never got involved in slavery. It's, I think it's a lot of, it's a lot of self-righteousness. And there's this, this kind of white guilt virtue signaling. And it's almost become, in certain parts, almost like some kind of a cult. I saw a video there the other day of these people bowing down before well, black neighbors, I guess. And they were asking them for forgiveness for what their fathers did. And I'm like, unless you actually did it yourself... I won't get off your knees. I don't, you know, just only bow before Christ. But if you have done something against that person personally, ask for forgiveness. You have the sin of Adam imputed to you and your own sin to deal with, not the sin of your father or your grandfather or your great grandfather. And most of the time, it's not even those people involved. It's not even somebody maybe even related to you. Well, I suppose we're all related, going back to Adam. But it might just be somebody... It's so bizarre. It's, it's so ludicrous. And what, here's what I fear. The... The people who are caught up in this victim status narrative are being used. For political purposes, they're being used as pawns in order to get the, the Republicans out. That's, that's it. No fan. I don't think the, the Republicans are great. I think they're immoral. But I can see no other reason for it. Once they get in, they're going to say, oh, isn't everything perfect? Oh, look at it. No, the thing will have changed, really. I think we as Christians should at least be able to say that attacks on the police are to be condemned. Where is that? I don't see much of that. 27, last time I checked, maybe it's more than that, 27 police officers injured in London on Sunday. That was an article from Sunday. Maybe it's more now. And this is everything to do. You go through history. This is everything to do, not with, there's nothing to do with racism at that's base level. I'm sure some people believe that. I'm sure some people are gone along with peaceful motives and they generally feel aggrieved and they feel there's something to protest. I'm not talking about those people per se, but I'm talking about the organizers. I'm talking about the people who are using this are pretty much Antifa, which are just basically your modern day communists who mass themselves and attack people. And this doesn't happen just in the United States. This happens internationally. From what I can see, nothing seems to be done to them. And Black Lives Matter. And there doesn't seem to be a big difference between the two of them. And I would suggest, you know, like, okay, the slogan Black Lives Matter, is there anything wrong with the slogan itself per se? Not really. Of course, Black Lives Matter. Of course. 
but we also we refrain from using it because of the the political baggage associated with it and because of the organization by its name i have uh, an article from their website what we believe the black lives matter website talking about how it started and that it was trying to create a world free of anti-blackness that it was in response to state sanctioned violence and anti-black racism and the impetus for the commitment was and still the rampant and deliberate violence inflicted on us by the state i would question that um but this is kind of a general communist rhetoric of creating you need an oppressed group you need then once you've convinced that oppressed group that you that they are oppressed you're going to represent them And it, and it talks about it as become a, a political home for many, and it's very much a political movement. It is a political movement, but a movement trying to change even at times the gospel. Because the gospel of the this movement, not in every single part of the movement, but even certain significant segments of it, that it is repenting of your whiteness. Do you think of anything more racist than that? Repenting of your whiteness and asking for forgiveness. For what? For something your ancestors did, because you share the same color skin as them, and therefore you must pay. Wow, that's, there's nothing biblical in that at all. If you have an issue with somebody from another race because of somebody generations gone by with the same skin color as them, you have problems. And it's not their problem, it's your problem in your heart. If someone thinks evil of you, then that's a sin on their part, regardless of your skin color or anything else. You should think no evil of our neighbor. Um, there's a few things that seem all right on this, on their website, a few worrying, few, it gets worse at the very, very end, but it's, uh, it talks about the liberation of all black people means we are com continuing the work of our ancestors and fighting for the collective freedom because it is our duty. In the West, are there any black people in slavery? I'm not saying that that's a standard, but what are we talking about liberation? What is holding, what exactly, what tangible thing can we point to that is holding people back? Um, we're, you know, because there's been nothing from these protests except for, in certain places, defund the police. Well, that's wonderful. That sounds like, hey, you know what? We want to tear down the society and we want to rule the thugs, kind of like a, you know, Mad Max scenario or some kind of crazy world where crime lords basically take over. It just sounds like organized crime. Defund the police. Who's that going to suit? Them? But he says, we are unapologetically black in our positioning. I don't know what that means. I'm sorry, but what does it mean to be unapologetically black? What does it mean to be on? if I said I was unapologetically white? 
it's just my skin color. It it doesn't my, the fact that I'm white doesn't form my views. It doesn't form my affiliations, and it doesn't form my belief. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God. I pray will lead me to what I believe and. Mother melanin in my skin doesn't change my view. How? Now, here's the end part which all Christians should be concerned about. We are guided by the fact that all black lives matter. We agree with that. Barring all the political baggage. Okay? Okay. Regardless of the actual perceived or perceived sexual identity. Okay, now we're in we're we're yeah <laughs> we're in we're in thorny ground here. And this is something from here on in, you can't support this organization. This is an organization by this name. Said so regardless of, of actual or perceived sexual identity, gender identity doesn't matter. This organization says it doesn't matter if you just deny the created order. Gender expression, economic status. And okay, we can agree on that. Christians, we shouldn't show partiality based on economic status. Ability, disability, religious beliefs or disbeliefs. Well, except for Christianity, which says we are to treat everyone the same. Everyone the same. Regardless of your color of skin. Immigration status or location. Immigration status? Well, well, it's called illegal for a reason, and you want to be legal wherever you possibly can because it's the law. Romans 13, but I digress. We won't get into that here. Um, we should submit to the, the, the ruling authorities unless it requires us to disobey God. They're there for a reason. It says this on Black Lives Matter website, we make space for transgender brothers and sisters to participate and lead. We are self-reflexive -reflect and do the work required to dismantle it's just, I have to, anyway, reset to read that properly. So we are self-reflexive and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege and uplift black trans folk, especially black trans women who continue to be disproportionately impacted by trans antagonistic violence. This is on their own website, okay? This isn't something that somebody else wrote about them. This is what they believe, and this is what you're getting involved in. The Christ, Christ, Christians, if you see somebody being genuinely oppressed, yes, we should be, we should speak for them. That's why there's things being done in terms of abortion. The those in the womb are treated like subhumans. They're being butchered in the womb. And no one speaks for them. This group is 
is not just, it's not nothing to do with, when you see it, it's about destroying the structure of society. It is nothing to do with race. I am convinced of that. This is a vehicle. And actually, if you look at the protests, the riots, people of all different skin colors. This is an excuse because the poor versus the rich narrative doesn't work in the West. You know, that only works when people are starving. And because in the West, relative poverty is quite, okay, we don't experience the kind of poverty that they had centuries ago or last century or people starving to death or anything else like that. It's far better to be a poor person today than it was a hundred years ago. So that to be involved in this sinful organization called Black Lives Matter, they are working towards dismantling cisgender privilege. And for those of you not aware what cisgender, cisgender is, a, that's your gender. You have a privilege. You see, this is what it's all about. This is, it's about destroying the old world and creating it. Well, you know what? They don't really even agree with themselves. This is the thing with communists. It's destroy first and ask questions later. Oh, yeah, it'll say, well, it'll be, I don't know. It, it, with communist revolutions, it's kind of like this. Hey, guys, let's trash everything. And they kind of, a lot of them will agree in that. There's videos from Project Veritas, undercover Bernie Sanders supporters talking about <laughs> what would happen if Bernie Sanders didn't get in and things like that. And they're pretty much in agreement about destroying stuff. And then when it comes at the end, it's like, okay, uh, now we're in control. What do we do now? And that's usually when everybody, if you go by the Chinese example, starts starving to death. The Chinese figured, you know what? These policies don't work very well. Millions of people are dying. And, you know, and out of pure necessity of preservation, the Chinese Communist Party changed and opened up to a bit of capitalism in order to sustain themselves. This is all about communism. This is a communist revolution. And this has been used as an excuse. The world, generally in the West, has a loathing of racism. Generally speaking. Are there racists out there? Of course there are. And there will always be racists. You can't eliminate them. You know why? Because they're sinners. And that sin will manifest itself in different ways in different people. And for some people, they'll be racists. It's like saying, I, we want, of course we want to destroy all the predators out there. Yeah, but you can't completely annihilate it. How would you do that? I was even thinking, where were the protests after the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing? A man who knew so many people in power. Bill Clinton, Donald Trump at one point. Um, rubbed shoulders, all sorts of celebrities. 
Of course, Jeffrey Epstein is dead now. But many of the people who worked with him and enabled what he did to probably thousands of victims. Where were the protests about that? It's still going on, people still... But where were the protests? Back to the Black Lives Matter thing, okay? So here it says, We build a space that affirms black women and it's free from sexism, misogyny, and the environments in which men are centered. We practice empathy. We engage comrades. Interesting term they use with there. And they tend to learn about the... Uh, connect with their... Um, talks about something we should all be concerned about as Christians. We, we dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts. Don't know what they, t they mean by that exactly. Okay, if somebody's against women being, you know, used or something like that or being treated horribly, whatever, in the home, okay, we can agree on that. And, um... But if you're to change, if it's a, an organization against about changing the family, where the, the the father leads his wife, the biblical model. Well, as Christians, we shouldn't support that. It says when we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. And if you look back at it enough, it's, and if you look at some of these people talking, whiteness gets largely connected with more old school, because a lot of these guys are liberals, old school Christianity. And it'll be, it won't be called Christianity that we're fighting against, but it'll just be called whiteness or something else like that. And when you kind of look down at all the things that are classified as oppressive and against women and against this and against that, oh, this, these are Christian values. Oh, who tends to go against Christian values? Um, oh, yeah. Typically communists. On this website, it also says we foster a queer affirming network. <clears throat> No Christian should be supporting that, okay? Um, when we gather, we do so with intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. I, I don't think I need to go on any further. Um, no Christian should be in within a thousand miles of supporting an organization like this. Of course, if you see genuine, genuine, oppression. Make sure it's true. Make sure it's not just some thing being drummed up. I remember I was reading my been through um, scripture this morning and Exodus 23, the start of the chapters always jumped out at me. Exodus 23 says this, you shall not circulate a false report. Do not put your hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. You shall not follow a crowd to do evil, nor shall you testify in a dispute so as to turn aside after many to pervert justice. 
You shall not show partiality to a poor man in his dispute. It's quite interesting because in other parts, we know that it's often poor people will often be oppressed by the rich. That does happen. That There's a tendency, of course. But it's very, very clear. You shall not circulate a false report. Make sure it's true. Make sure that this is actual. Make sure that you know, like, if you find evidence that there's an individual case of racism or a system, make sure you can prove it. Otherwise, you're circulating a false report. Do not turn your hand with a wicked to be an unrighteous witness. You shall not follow a crowd to do evil. And that really, you could say, spoke to me this morning. Nor shall you testify in a dispute so as to turn aside after many to pervert justice. Shall not show partiality to a poor in his dispute. And we should not show partiality to anybody. People should be equal before the law. Now the question, <clears throat> is there evidence for, we should be open to whatever the evidence will say. I have been skeptical of the narrative that the United States, does the United States have racist? Of course it does. Every country does. But the United States is systemically racist. I've, I've always been skeptical of that narrative, and I think it's sinful and wrong for Christians in other countries to sloppily just share that around. Make sure it's correct. And if you don't know, then just leave it alone. We don't have to be an expert in everybody's um, foreign dealings. A study came out last year in July of 2019. And this study came from Minnesota State University. In this study done by... Carolyn Brooks and, and Joseph Cesario studied the, this is the title of the report, The Truth Behind Racial Disparities in Fatal Police Shootings. It's quite interesting. It's quite interesting what the results found. The white police officers are not more likely to have shot minority citizens than non-white officers. It says in the report, reports of racially motivated fatal shootings by police officers have garnered extensive police uh, public attention and sparked activism across the nation. Now, this was last year when this came out. New research from Michigan State University and University of Maryland reveals findings that flip many of these reports in our heads. White police officers are not more likely to have shot minority citizens than non-white officials. It says, in fact, that there's no support that black citizens are more likely to be shot by white officers. Why do I go into all this? If we're going to protest, if we're going to do that... We've got to make sure that we're not circulating a false report. 
It says in from this report we found we found that the race of the officer doesn't matter when it comes to predicting whether black or white citizens are shot, Cesaro said. If anything, black citizens are more likely to have been shot by black officers. But this is because black officers are drawn from the same population that they police. So the more black citizens there are in a community, the more black police officers there are. Um, says here just a few more uh, st- statistics from this study. Many people ask whether black or white citizens are more likely to be shot or why. We found that the violent crime rates are the driving force behind fatal shootings, Cesaro said. Our data shows that the rate of crime by each racial group correlates with the likelihood of citizens from that racial group being shot. Listen carefully. If you live in a county that there's a lot of white people committing crimes, white people are more likely to be shot. If you live in a county where there's a lot of black people committing crimes, black people are more likely to be shot. It is the best predictor we have of fatal police shootings. The vast majority, between 90 and 95% of the citizens shot by officers were actively attacking police. I repeat that again. Actively attacking police. 90 to 95% of police police shootings or other citizens when they were shot. 90% also were armed with a weapon when they were shot. The horrific cases of accidental shootings or like mistaking a cell phone for a gun are rare, Cesaro said. We hear about the really horrendous, tragic cases of police shootings for a reason. They're awful cases. They have major implications for police community relations so that they should get attention, Cesaro said. But this ends up skewing perceptions about police shootings and leads people to believe that all fatal shootings are similar to the ones we hear about. That's just not the case. It also points out too, you know, you know, it turns out, and uh, there's other studies as well, that it's actually less likely that you will be shot as a black person in the United States. Various studies that have come out, not just this one. Um, crime rates in the place determine the likelihood, and if they're being attacked, and so on and so forth. Take that into consideration. That study, you can look that up on the internet. The truth behind racial disparities in fatal police shootings, it is found on the Michigan State University website, if you want to read more about that. I don't want to get too obsessed about that kind of thing. Um, do the res- if you're going to protest about something, if you're going to demand change, know what you're protesting about. And if you if you kind of go, mm, I'm not convinced by what you just said. Okay, but if there's at least some doubt, maybe refrain from getting involved in something you're not completely convinced about. And I think all too often we get caught up in a reactionary sense. We must speak something when we don't know all the facts, when we don't know all the details. And we become 
kind of pawns being used in a kind of a communist re revolution, an attempt at a communist international revolution is what I see. A dangerous group like Antifa, which seems to be in multiple different countries, and goes and attacks people and just said, ha-ha, see that person over there? He's a Nazi. Go attack him. Because, you know, you'll say on the internet, oh, you <laughs> let's, let's punch a Nazi or something like that. And so they'll they'll justify it. They'll justify the violence because they'll they'll vilify the person who they want to attack. Who is the person they want to attack? Somebody who just disagrees with them. Somebody who's not a communist. Somebody who actually may be for, I don't know, free markets or whatever else may be that they that drives them crazy, whatever the case may be. We need to be careful that we do not circulate an ill report. But let's return to the most important thing. Two races. Adam. We have fallen in Adam. Adam was the federal head of all mankind. And when Adam sinned, mankind fell in Adam. And Adam's sin was imputed to all he represented. And he represented all but Christ. Christ was the second Adam. Talks about this in Romans 5, verses 12 to 19. And by placing our faith, our trust in Jesus Christ and in him alone, we're no longer an Adam. We're no longer under the condemnation of that. And we're brought in to reconciliation with Christ Jesus. Our sin is washed away. The, the righteousness of Christ he obeyed the law perfectly throughout his life, is imputed to our account. And God the Father delights in his child who is in Jesus Christ, his adopted son or daughter, no longer under the wrath of Adam, no longer under the wrath of their own sin, now in union with Christ, partake of the benefits of that. Nothing else matters. You don't have to repent of the color of your skin. That's where that white guilt stuff comes from, and whatever else it may be. <laughs> you, could, you have been born. Uh, this will be pretty, like, you've been born that way. You've been created in God's image. Now we've fallen and defaced that image. But in Christ Jesus, by the work of the Spirit of God, we've been regenerated and brought into union and communion with Christ. And now no longer under that curse. The false gospel of the social justice warrior movement is this. You are of a certain... Oh.
oh, that happened again. You are, there's not going to be any music for the outro today. You are always under this condemnation because you sh you have this characteristic. You are this. Can you ever change your skin color? No. So you have this guilt and you're all, you'll always have to repent. There's, there's no forgiveness. There is ever condemnation. Be very, very wary that this doesn't come into the church. Be very wary that we don't support sinful and wrong organizations. This has been Paul Flynn. Thank you so much for tuning in. May God bless you all.